Have you been looking for a quality brand of CBD oil and didn't know where to turn? Let me introduce you to Botan CBD. Go to BotanCBD.com, that's B-O-T-A-N-C-B-D.com, and you'll see a full line of CBD oil products. The benefits of CBD oil are plentiful, including pain relief, anti-inflammation, mental clarity and focus, stress and anxiety reliever, and the list goes on. I've been using Botan CBD oil on my sciatica pain, and it makes it disappear. You can rub it on the body or take it orally and you can trust that Botan CBD is the highest quality CBD oil on the market. They are a pharmaceutical grade organic CBD small batch and handcrafted for you. Head on over to BotanCBD.com and use the code Jimmy at checkout for 15% off your first order. Live life well. Botan CBD. Do you ever wonder where your meat comes from? Today, over 80% of beef comes from industrialized processes and companies don't want you to know the source. Now we have a company that cares about where your beef is coming from. They're called CrowdCow. Visit crowdcow.com slash show to learn how they do things differently. They give you full transparency into the independent farms that they work with and whether you're looking for quality grass-fed beef or luxurious Japanese Wagyu, Crowd CrowdCow is the craft meat marketplace. Food transparency is the wave of the future, and it gives consumers access to both flavor and choice. We no longer have to put up with CAFO beef and industrialized agriculture. It just doesn't have to be that way anymore. Again, they're called CrowdCow, and they source the best quality steaks that you can't get anywhere else in the world. Visit crowdcow.com slash show, and they'll give you $25 off of your first order. Be informed. Know the source. Eat better meat. Crowd Cow. Ah, uh, living la vida loca. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today I'm very privileged to welcome back on the podcast. It's been a little while. I've seen him at some conferences since the last time we spoke to Drew Manning. But you might remember this is the wackadoodle guy that went on television, purposely gained 70 plus pounds only to show his clients because he's a personal trainer Here's how you easily lose weight. And he learned so many things through that fit to fat to fit experience that he wrote a a New York Times bestselling book all about it. But he's back with a brand new book because guess what, guys? Drew Manning is all into keto now. So he has a great book called Complete Keto, a guide to transforming your body and your mind for life. Drew, welcome back to the show, man. Jimmy, it's a pleasure to be back on. And um, it's funny when you said the fit to fit story, you know, we should have put in quotations easiest, you know, or easy <laughs> way back to fit because it was not easy. No, it was so hard. But um, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Jimmy. Yeah, man. And I've seen you at various of the uh, keto conferences now over the past few years. 
you've really gotten into keto. You weren't always there. What what was the thing that precipitated you? And I suppose fast forwarded in your mind, was it this experience where you put on the the weight and you saw how really it wasn't as easy as you thought it was going to be that maybe keto could be the answer for a lot of us that deal with weight? Yeah, it's a great question. And a lot of people assume that I did keto just because I'm a big, you know, you know, into the keto diet now. But back in 2011, it wasn't as mainstream as it is today. The thing that really propelled me was listening to the science behind the diet when Dr. Dominic Diagostino was talking about it to Tim Ferriss on his yep. podcast. Yep. I was blown away. I mean, this guy did a 10 day fast and then deadlifted 500 pounds. I'm like, <laughs> how is that even possible? How is he even alive? <laughs> the personal so, trainer sensibilities and you kicked in hard. <laughs> So I was like, well, here I am, a self-experimenter. Let me yes. give this an experiment. And I fell in love. Like, here's the thing. I didn't lose body fat. I didn't, you know, my body composition was about the same. I fell in love with how clear my mind was. Yes. Uh, the cognitive function and mental clarity was like night and day compared to before. And I was like, I felt like Bradley Cooper from that movie Limitless <laughs> when he would take those pills. Yeah. And I was like, I love this. And then also not being a slave to food. I went from eating six meals a day, like the typical personal trainer bodybuilder regimen to eating once or twice a day. My brain is optimal. My digestion is so much better and I'm not a slave to food. Yeah. I mean, those are the buy-in factors that I'm finding more and more people are coming to keto for. Drew is, you know, it used to be weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. Now it's brain health benefits, exercise performance benefits, uh, cancer prevention, neurodegenerative uh, healing. It seems like it's everything but weight loss now. And that's what I think makes the keto diet so different than anything else out there. It has these legs to stand on versus just a typical weight loss diet, which it can be. But any diet can be a weight loss diet, right? Yeah. Um, but that's what I love is – and that's what blew me away was how much science was out there on the ketogenic diet for these other therapeutic applications other than weight loss. And so that's why I think um, – Keto will still be around for a long time, uh, even even though there will be a fat aspect to it with the weight yeah. loss you know, industry. But, Dude, I was talking about keto when keto was so not cool yet. And <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you, you have to endure a few years of people mocking you before they go, yeah, I, I was always for that. <laughs> you paved the way for us, Jimmy. Well, you, you know, it's funny because I remember way back in the day, and I know you're friends with Dr. Oz and have been on his show several times, a couple times talking about keto. Uh, and I remember way back in the day, had Gary Taubes on when Good Calories, Bad Calories came out back in 2007. And he pretty much mocked Gary on the show for the low carb and, and it, you know, what's it doing to his cholesterol and some of the other cardiovascular risk uh, things that people worried about. And now look at him now. He seems to have a little more tolerance, I suppose, is the word for the K word um, yeah. <laughs> than he did before. And it, it's just fascinating to me that it seems a lot of the former enemies. Now, there's still enemies, Jilly Michaels, uh, out there of <laughs> this way of eating. But it seems a lot of the former people that really didn't like this, they're coming around. What do you think's changed in their minds other than their viewers and everybody's asking about it? And so they're like, we got to come up with some kind of good positive content. 
I think it's people like Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, the people that are in their industry that they respect and will listen to versus yeah. you and I, you know, they're not going to listen to us. Right? So, so we're schlubs. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you and I are schlubs? <laughs> not not to the average person, but to the doctors <laughs> of the world, pro- right. probably. Right. But I think it's people in that community that are, are, are uh, that are respectable that are coming out with this new scientific research. And I think they're willing to listen to them versus us. And I, I think it's just it's amazing with how much science that's out there. And I think, you know, it's still kind of, um, you know, it's slow coming. Like people in that industry, it's not like, hey, show them one scientific study and then all of a sudden, okay, I changed my mind. This is years of, of, of thinking a certain way and ingrained with a certain mentality of like fat is bad and, and the ketogenic and Atkins diet is bad for you. And then now it's like, okay, we're slowly coming around. So I think, you know, even like Dr. Oz, for example, which I know a lot of people hate, um, he's slowly coming around. I think that's, that's better than, than never coming around. And that's where pride and ego kind of get in the way. But I think, you know, with legit scientific research that's out there, you know, people will eventually come around. So it, we're, we're getting there, Jimmy. You know, I, <laughs> I, I agree. We are getting there. I don't hate Dr. Oz. I just wish he could use his platform on a more consistent basis of showing mm-hmm. people like metabolically what happens. There's definitely no downside to a real foods based ketogenic diet. And yet there's always kind of gloom and doom of look what it's doing to your cholesterol. Although again, some recent shows where they've focused on keto, they've corrected a lot of that information, misinformation that they shared many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, they're, I think they're, they're slowly starting to change and, um, you know, progress is still progress, even if it's slow. Right. So sure, sure. let's keep doing what we're doing, you know, and you're, you're at the forefront of it, Jimmy, you've been podcasting for how many decades now? <laughs> <laughs> decades. That's funny. Dude, I'm as old as you are. There we go. <sighs> but 14 years to answer your question. Yeah. Yes. See, so Drew, you've had um, a successful A and E television show. Is there any chance that a that a keto television show would ever be in the works? I would love something like that. Um, Have you pitched the, it? The TV industry is is kind of unique. Um, I think there is an opportunity for it. Uh, I haven't pitched a specific keto show. I know some people out there that uh, self-fund their own TV shows yes. on Netflix and Facebook, yes. um, they're getting more traction with it versus your traditional network. So I've got the perfect, stay tuned. I've got the <laughs> perfect, perfect template. We need to find the old Biggest Loser contestants that gain their mm-hmm. way back and say, we're going to make it permanent and healthy this time. Let's go. Keto. <laughs> you you know what's funny? Every time I think we we do an interview, you always have good ideas for TV shows. I, I think love that's your it, other, man. That's your other job I, I think you should take on. <laughs> I'm a casting producer, yes. <laughs> well, you just recently, or as of today, today is the day you guys go get complete keto. Uh, it is out now with uh, lots of great information. And the, I always have this come up anytime a new keto book comes out, and I write a bunch of them. I have a whole bunch of books all about keto, and people are like, well, why do I need to buy your book? I've already got all the information about keto I'll ever need. Why is this complete keto, Drew? That's a great question. You know, what makes Complete Keto different than all the other keto books out there? Um, so so what I did with Complete Keto um, is I took the the lessons I learned from Fit to Fat to Fit on the mental and emotional side of transformation and also my personal uh, my personal journey from my own personal struggles. I kind of open up and talk about my personal journey in there. You are the so transparent, dude. I love it. 
Thank you. And I wanted to, to include that because people overlook the mental, emotional, spiritual transformation while they're working on their physical transformation. So what I want to do is take all the things I've learned over the years from fit fed fit uh, post-divorce life and the things I've learned from that and apply it to a keto approach to a physical transformation. But the goal is not to help people just get skinny and lose weight because as we both know, that doesn't lead to happiness. I know a ton of people with six-pack abs and that are skinny that are still miserable inside, that still think they're ugly, that still hate their bodies, right? Um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of sad to see. And so we think this one thing, this physical transformation will bring happiness when in reality we can – choose our own happiness whenever we want to, no matter where we're at with our bodies, right? And so what I want to do is take those lessons that I've learned on the mental and emotional side, uh, apply it to a, a ketogenic approach, right? Um, to help people with a complete transformation, not just a physical transformation, but mental, emotional, spiritual transformation. And then that way they can love themselves where they're at while they're working on a better version of themselves. And so oh. that's what makes complete keto different. Yes, yeah. you're going to get the keto 101 science in there. There's a 30 day keto program that is uh, new and updated. Um, I kind of excluded uh, dairy and nuts because um, in those the 30 program, right. those are triggers and people can overconsume those. And you've seen it before on keto yeah. with the cheese sticks and the, the butter and the heavy cream all day long. And so, um, so you do have that aspect to it, but I wanted to bring in the mental, emotional, spiritual side to this complete transformation. And that's what makes complete keto different. Yeah. You definitely are the first one that I've seen write about that pretty extensively, but I'm going to play a little devil's advocate because there's people listening right now. I know they're thinking this because I hear from them after interviews and they're like, why didn't you ask him about? So those are the people <laughs> that say, you know what? I would trade all of the happiness in the world just to finally feel what it feels like to be in a fit, thin body. How do you talk to people like that? I, this is the, this is where empathy comes in. Um, and I can totally empathize with people like that because for someone from like me, I've been in shape my entire life, except for when I did my experiment and we hate and, you for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, if we could bring empathy to the fitness industry, yes, I feel like that's where people will start to listen to the influencers, the coaches, the, the gurus out there because nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So yes, there is a certain aspect of it. And there's a funny movie with um, Eddie Murphy. Do you remember that movie where he, oh, what's it called? Where he magically transforms into the skinny guy, right? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, What yeah. is it called? The Nutty Professor. And he's, yeah, and he's like spandex, all spandex, right? <laughs> and so he yep. like loves being fit. And I think, I think, you know, people would be willing to trade almost anything to have a, a skinny, fit, healthy body. But it's similar to what people want when they want fame and fortune. Yes, I want that. I hate being, you know, poor or, um, you know, not having these, these things that these, these nice, fancy people have. But in reality, I think that's a myth. I think that the look of that, it, it's, it's appealing, but it's not guaranteed happiness. And so um, it's, it's very similar. And so what I would tell people is, yes, there's a certain point of uh, a certain level of happiness that that can bring, but it's more about health. It's not about the looks. It's more about you feeling healthy, right? Feeling fit, like being able to walk up and down the stairs without breathing heavy, being able to play with your kids or your grandkids without breathing heavy or having to take certain medications to be able to get off your medications and feel free and, and healthy. Then then that should be okay no matter what you look like, right? No matter what your body looks like, you know, your version of healthy is gonna look different on your body than my version of healthy, and, and that's okay. The problem is our perception in our society is that you're not of value or you're not worthy unless you have 5% body fat. Right. But that's a myth, don't buy into that. That's what I would tell people. I will never have 5% body fat, and I'm perfectly <laughs> fine with that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I love that. 
So uh, you talked about empathy from kind of the personal trainers and kind of influencers online. You know where I wish we had more empathy, Drew, is the medical field, because it seems like a lot of patients go to see their family doctor or some specialist, a cardiologist, and they're scaring them half to death that they need to take some kind of a medication, do some kind of, uh, uh, you know, a drug or, or surgical procedure. They're basically blamed for whatever condition their body is currently in. And I wish there was more of, you know what, let's figure out why you got to where you are and work backwards rather than, well, yep. you're a horrible person. And I'm seeing this far too much these days uh, where people write to me and they're like, my doctor is just discouraging the crap out of me about my keto. And I know it's giving me benefit, but he's really making me upset. Yeah. And I, lo- I love that you touched on this because I see it in that industry as well. And I think it was you. Yeah, it was you that had the idea for a TV show of having doctors do a fit to fit. Yes. Kind of build that empathy because uh, there it is lacking empathy. And where is that, by the way? Where's that show? Come on, dude. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. I just can't find any doctors to sign up for it. <laughs> I bet some of the um, keto doctors would do it just as a fun experiment. Maybe. Well, or researchers. Can, Come on, Dom. Dominique can Agostino <laughs> can sign up, uh, although he's very fit already. So <laughs> Yeah, we'll get him. Dr. Will Cole. Who else should we get in yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Westman. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get a few I more would... suckers. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see some future training on, on empathy so yes. doctors can kind of understand what it's like because, you know, like you said, this, it, people out there feel so discouraged because their doctor just says, oh, we'll just eat less and work out. And, you know, this is, you know, all you got to do is just change what's wrong with you. It's like telling a drug addict, Hey, stop doing drugs. Like yeah. this is killing you. Don't you know that? It's like, well, duh, of course they're trying to, it's, it's not that simple. So, um, I would love to see the medical field change the way they train doctors to empathize with their clients. And I have heard of some people doing that. I just don't know how to ma- make it mainstream. Right. Um, and, but I think there is something there and, and I think I'm glad that you're, you're touching on that, Jimmy. So maybe well, the more we talk about it to doctors, yeah. um, you know, the more that they, we can help spread that message. I think the discouraging part to me is you've got a patient coming to you. They're doing something like keto, which is a real foods based nutritional approach to try mm-hmm. to make yourself lower in inflammation and healthier, uh, overall. And you're discouraging them from making some kind of proactive step. To me, if I was a medical professional, I'd be like, hallelujah, something already woke this up. What, you read a book called Complete Keto? Oh, keep keep reading it, keep doing whatever you're doing because it's doing good things for you. I, I just wish that the language would change to more positivity and encouragement when a patient decides they want to make a change. Yeah, and I agree 100%. And so, you know, I think us talking about this and other people talking about it to their doctors, we we get it out there. And I think that's how we are going to start to slowly get people to change. And people, and it needs to change from within too. Like like we mentioned before, you know, them listening to other doctors, if other doctors jump on board with this and say, hey, this is an important part of our job to be able to empathize with their clients and we should invest in this, you know, this type of training yeah. to be able to do that, then we start to make some headwaves and maybe then make it mandatory, you know, and, and also when doctors, you know, go through their doctorate program, hey, maybe more than four weeks of nutrition training training should also be <laughs> included in that as well. Um, at least. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I love in your book, uh, especially in part two, where you start, uh, you get started basically, and you're talking about a lot of the connections that people have to food. And uh, one of the things that you talked about was overcoming emotional challenges that come with food. I literally just today, as of the recording of this, 
uh, got somebody to post something on my Instagram page. I, I posted something about uh, food and keto and how it helps with cravings and uh, all of this stuff. And she's like, yeah, but I still love my Frosted Flakes. And it's so hard <laughs> to give up the Frosted Flakes. And I'm, there's definitely some kind of indelible connection to that mouthfeel when she's got that sweet, grainy crap in her mouth that gives her pleasure. Uh, and my response back was, well, start eating bacon and eggs every time you want Frosted Flakes. And eventually that desire will go away. What's going on with people like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I can relate to her, except for me, it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> yes, I remember the last time you were on, you talked about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> Frosted Flakes, that's that's easy for me to pass over. But Cinnamon Toast Crunch, that would be really, really hard. So we, we just heard, I don't know if you were there for Rob Wolf's talk about yeah. um, these industries um, spending millions and millions of dollars on food scientists coming up with with ways to make this food as addictive as possible, right? And that's why you have people like this that can't give up frosted flakes or soda or certain treats, and those are their trigger foods. And so that's why it's not just as easy as putting it down and saying, hey, just stop eating that food. Yeah. And because um, that's the thing is if it's in the house, this is the number one thing I tell people is it can't be in the house because most no. likely – most likely, you're not going to go out of your way at the, in the middle of the night to pick up Frosted Flakes and milk and bring hey, it home. You may sleep have. drive to the store and get it, man. <laughs> you, you know you've wanted to do that with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Just kidding. Yeah, most people wouldn't do that. But no. what I'm saying is like, you know, you got to set your, you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't change your environment. That's right. Uh, there's a great book called Willpower Doesn't Work by Benjamin Hardy. And yes. I love his approach. He's he, People try and willpower their way to a new healthy lifestyle. Instead do what humans are good at doing and that's adapting to new environments. So you have to learn how to change your environment, adapt to that new environment and then that's how you make a change in your life rather than trying to willpower your way through your old environment. You have to set yourself up uh, into a new environment and be able to adapt to that. So you so getting rid of that type of food in the house, it just, it can't be there. Uh, that's how addictive this food is and that's how yeah. scary it is. So that's why there's so much, this is overlooked in, in the industry is it's, there's so much more of an emotional connection to food that people think. And that's why it's, it's, there's, it's powerful for people, right? It's like a drug. It really is. And so that's what I'm trying to do with complete keto is give people tips, tricks, and hacks to help them on the mental and emotional side as much as the physical side. If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest. So it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is Fresh Pressed Olive Oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh-pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs. 
It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah. I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time, jimmyoliveoil.com. Do you like cookies? Jeff Free started Fat Snacks, S-N-A-X, in 2017 to make his keto lifestyle way more delicious. Fat Snacks cookies are soft-baked to perfection using coconut flour, butter, and almond flour. First time I tried these Fat Snacks cookies, oh my goodness, you guys, I fell in love. Plus, they're sugar-free, contain just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs, and have up to 9 grams of fat. Jeff and his team are proud to have become the top-selling keto-friendly cookie, all with just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs per serving. Fat Snacks flavors include chocolate chip, peanut butter, and lemony lemon, and they recommend you start with the variety pack on your first order. Head on over to fatsnacks.com slash jimmy, that's F-A-T-S-N-A-X dot com slash jimmy, and use the coupon code L-L-V-L-C at checkout for 5% off of a single order or 10% off of your first subscription order. At Snacks Cookies. By the way, the conference that uh, drew, uh, he's a professional podcaster and he neglected to tell you from where this was from, the Metabolic Health Summit, uh, which Mm -hmm. was in Long Beach recently. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, and people don't realize the chemical addictive nature that they literally are making it hyper palatable so that you will want to buy more and more and more, which is why the mantra just eat real food, which I know is a big one, uh, for you as well. Um, eliminates all of that hyper palatable food. Cause it's very difficult to eat lots and lots and lots of real whole foods. Yeah, 100%. And even if you switch over and eat bacon and eggs, right? And at first, maybe that's that's what you know gets you off of that craving. And maybe you gain weight during that phase. And that's okay. As long as you're getting off of those cravings, um, I'm, I'm okay with that, right? Until you figure out your relationship with food and understand that deep – that that deep uh, seated you know connection like yeah. why what what is it there's something that's deeper than just you know hey I'm addicted to this there's something that's deeper that's um, that's emotionally connecting you to that food and it usually has something to do with something from the past whether it's some type of trauma yeah. or uh, you know uh, it could be a number of things but you know digging deep and finding out what that is and and being able to overcome that is essential just like any drug addict would have to do right mm-hmm. it's, they can't just stay as far away from the edge as possible they have to learn how to deal with it because at some point that temptation is going to be put in their fr- in front of their face at some point and they have to learn how to change their perception of what that is um and you know i've dealt with addiction um myself not food addiction but dealing with addiction is it's the same pattern it's change learning how to change your perception of that thing that triggers you that's your temptation and once you learn how to change your perception then your whole life is changed and then you're in control yeah All right, Drew, you just set off alarm bells in a lot of people's heads (laughs) when you said, I'm okay with you gaining a little bit of weight when you first start eating keto to get off the cravings. And I totally agree with you, by the way, but there are people that are just obsessed with that stupid, what I describe as the lying liar that lies known as the scale. Um, (laughs) And and people are so tied to that. I mean, I do a, a daily show on Instagram called Jimmy Rants. And that's the one thing people just can't wrap their heads around uh, that they don't need to worry about the weight 
when all these health markers are happening for them? How do you talk people off the ledge with their weight? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is the problem that we have is our perception of health and fitness. We think that our success is dependent on that number on the scale, which if you think about it, all that is is just your relationship with gravity, right? You're a human being. You're standing on this thing that gives you a number and all it is doing is measuring your relationship with gravity. And it's silly if you think about it from that perspective. Like why do we put so much value on this number that has to do with our gravity, right? On the moon, you're Um, zero. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And this is where, you know, I'm trying to help people change their perception is our our perception of health and fitness is based on results. You're only worthy or successful if your results are X, Y, or Z, right? That's not how it should work. It, uh, our, my, I'm trying to help people change their perception where they focus on the process rather than focusing on the results, right? And like Miley Cyrus says, it's all about the climb. It really is. <laughs> it's all about the work you do every single day, the habits, the healthy habits that you know you need to be doing, and then let the results fall wherever they may. Uh, so what I recommend instead of the scale weight is look into something, uh, look into your body composition, getting your body fat tested uh, on a monthly or bi-monthly basis. And you could use uh, a DEXA a body scan yep. uh, or a bot pod of some type. And that's more telling of you moving in the right direction because the goal really isn't weight loss, it's fat loss, right? Uh, the goal is to lose fat, maintain or build lean muscle mass, right? Which is what we're trying to do and that will speed up your metabolism. And, um, and I tell people all the time, if you looked in the mirror and you had the perfect body, would it matter how much you weighed? And most people would say, well, no, but then why do we put so much value on that number? Yeah. If you had the perfect body, then it wouldn't matter how much you weighed, right? But we want to weigh a certain weight because we think that's what is going to give us that perfect body. But in reality, it's about losing that fat. And so the only way to know if you're losing fat is to get your body fat tested on a monthly or maybe once every two or three months to see if you're trending in the right direction. And then that's where you should invest your money is that rather than the scale. The best way to underscore this is to let you know that according to BMI, LeBron James is obese. (laughs) And so am I. (laughs) Yeah. Just so you guys know. And that's that's the thing is like, you know, we think, oh, how is LeBron James obese? Because, you know, we have muscle mass and that kind of puts you over that marker of of the BMI uh, and and the BMI so that you're considered overweight or obese. And it's that's that's what's I, I don't agree with BMI, but. It is oh, what it is. Yeah, BMI <laughs> has been bunk forever. Uh, do you like waist to hip ratio better? I would, yeah, waist to hip ratio would be better. But still, then you're, it's we're trying to put all these people into a, a category and yeah. fit them. There's so many different body shapes and sizes. Um, that's why I think you know if we could make body fat testing so much more convenient and accessible to your average person, then I think that should be more of the standard, right? Um, you know, because the DEXA scan, the thing I like about that is it tells you limb by limb yes. what your body fat percentage is. So you, some people carry more fat in their in their gut area. Some people carry it more in their legs and butt and thighs. And the DEXA scan can tell you where you're holding onto your fat. And I think uh, that's more telling of, of you moving in the right direction uh, as you're trying to change your lifestyle. Although I will tell you, having done some DEXA scans during some very long fasts, I've done several 21-day fasts, as you know, And during those, I've done DEXAs before and after, and the after will make it appear if you have fat in the midsection uh, that you've lost, it'll make it appear that you've lost some lean mass in there. Have you noticed anything like that? I mean, obviously this is nitpicky, but I'm curious, uh, have you ever seen anything like that? Yeah, I talked to Dr. Jason Fung about this because I did a seven-day fast one time and I lost eight pounds of lean mass in in seven days. Whoa. But then five days afterwards of eating again. 
it was back on. <laughs> so that's what that's I what found I, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell people is like, I didn't lose eight pounds of muscle. Like lean mass doesn't always equate to muscle. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's impossible to take it off in eight days or seven days and then put it back on five days later. So what did Jason so, say that it was fat around the organs or something like that? Yeah. That's kind of what he was describing. It's, that's the thing is I didn't, I didn't want, I wanted to show people like, Hey, it, it's not the end all be all. It's not like perfect. So, you know, don't freak out just because the numbers are the way they are, yeah. um, especially after a fast and then post fast. But that's what's cool about doing these experiments is you kind of get to know that you're like, OK, yeah. now this is making more sense. So people um, lose their minds than when you're a public figure, <laughs> though, and you post that stuff <laughs> online. Oh, my gosh, Jimmy Moore lost 12 pounds of muscle. I'm like, no, I didn't. Within two days of eating again, all of that, quote, muscle loss was right back on the body. Yeah. Yeah. So take everything with a grain of salt is, is what we're kind of telling people here is, uh, you know, there's no perfect way of doing it. Yeah. And this is the thing I've noticed, even when in the keto world, you know, people get so fixated on their keto numbers, right? If they're, they're not above a, a 3.0, they're like, oh, I'm it's doing this silly. wrong. Yeah. So no matter what we do as humans, we tend to get stressed out if these certain markers, whether it's our scale weight or body fat percentage or ketone numbers, um, you know, we need to learn to, to not uh, take it so seriously and just take it with a grain of salt. And as long as you're trending in the right direction, that's probably the best thing. You know what my goal is with blood ketones is to have it be zero where every single bit of the ketone production that I'm <laughs> making is being used exactly at that same rate. Now that's going to be almost impossible to make happen, but that's kind of the goal. And the, the way you would know that you're not like out of ketosis in that realm is all the benefits. You would get the, the brain health benefits. You would get the energy. You would get all of the, the positive effects of being in ketosis, even though it wouldn't necessarily register on the blood meter. Now it would register on the breath meter. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's why it's good to test both methods rather than just just one. And so, and, and I'm the same way. I, I, I tend to hover around 0.5, even if I'm, you know, I, I know I'm doing keto, I'm really strict. Even after a seven day fast, the highest I got was 1.7. Wow. Right? So it just, you know, that's what I'm saying is, like, and I talked to Dr. Dom about that. And, you know, the goal is to be efficient at using those ketones yes. as effectively as possible, right? Yeah, I hate these people that post their their ketone numbers on Instagram. <laughs> I got 4.7. I'm like, stop doing that. You're trying to make people you know, think yeah. that 4.7 is better than 1.1 when 1.1 might be perfectly fine for someone. Yeah. And that's why I tell people just, you know, how do you feel? Like, how context, do you feel? Point context, five? context. Yeah. Yeah, man. I hear you, Jim. <sighs> yeah. We're having a, we're having a keto therapy session today on the live in the Vita low carb show. I did want to talk about this one part of your book, um, yeah. where you have the phase one and phase two, um, uh, phase one, but the CK 30 complete keto 30. I yeah. love some of what you put in here. And it's a lot of these things, uh, you know, we've heard of fasting and we've heard of doing some fitness, but a lot of people don't think about meditating or giving themselves positive affirmations uh, and 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 motivation. This is really different stuff. Uh, and I'm really happy that you brought it to the table, Drew, because keto has needed a good kick in the pants. It said, OK, you've been doing this a while. It's time to really take it seriously. Here's how you up your game. Yeah. Thanks for letting me talk about that part. And that's what I wanted to to do in this book was take those things that have really impacted my life. Like I said, from from fit to fat to fit days to, you know, the divorce that I went through and all the personal development work I've, I've, I've done. These are the things that have impacted my life the most. You could eat as healthy as you want. You can work out as much as you want. That's cool. 
But unless you 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 know, take the time to to learn how to overcome your mental and emotional challenges, unfortunately, it's probably just going to be another diet, and you're not going to be as fulfilled as you might be if you worked on these other categories, right? These other pillars that we know are just as important. So I kind of not snuck them in there, but I, I put them in there. So you got your meal plans, you got your meditation, you got your gratitude list, positive affirmations, you got your workouts, all in one. Because I think that's why I wanted to make it about a complete transformation. If you're doing those things on top of eating healthy and exercising, you're going to feel so much better while you're on your journey instead of, you know, being miserable and, and just kind of, uh, you know, what people say, hating yourself to skinny. Um, that's not what this, this book is about. And so yes, in phase one, the CK 30 program, that's why I wanted to include those little, you know, uh, tricks and hacks to help people on the mental emotional side be fulfilled. And I'm looking at the positive affirmations on 125. I will not say them all because there's some really good stuff in here, but I'm proud of who I am. I am healthy. I am strong. I'm worth it. I'm nourished. Uh, you have, I am strong twice. That's funny. Um, I, I love enjoying life because you want people to be strong. That's why it's in there twice. Exactly. You got to say it twice. <laughs> yes. But I mean, a lot of people, they don't talk positively about themselves, Drew. And so, and I've, I've done some work about this, you know, look, you've got to be your own best cheerleader, your own best health advocate, because if you're not cheering for you, why would anyone else? 100%. And I think that the problem is our perception of what these positive affirmations are. I think people sometimes think of uh, Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live. Do you remember that? <laughs> you are dating yourself so bad, brother. Yes. <laughs> I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. I think that's what he said. That is but, what um, he said. <laughs> it can be kind of silly for us in the, you know, the Western Hemisphere to do these things that we think are, oh, there's this is weird, right? I get it. But there is a scientific perspective from this as well. They've done studies on, you know, living things like plants and rice and if you yeah. say positive words. So words do have power. They really do. And um, that's why I'm a big proponent of this. As weird as it sounds, you know, for a man to do this type of stuff, um, I know it can be hard, but I promise you, if you give it a try for 30 days straight, just just give it a try. Be consistent with it. And you don't have to use my positive affirmations. You can use your own, whatever you feel comfortable with. But saying positive words to yourself about yourself out loud is it, it can change the way you see yourself, even if you don't believe it at first. That's okay. Um, the words have power and it can affect us at the cellular level. And that's why I'm a big proponent of, of including positive affirmations while you're on your journey. Um, because you know, we are, we're our worst critic. We, uh, beat ourselves up. We have this negative self-talk, uh, which was kind of, you know, taught to us from a young age, right? Yeah. This is unfortunate. Um, because if you, Hell, if you had a picture of yourself from when you were five, would you say those things to that five-year-old boy or girl? Um, and I hope the answer would be no. But that's who you are inside. And we've been beating ourselves for so long that um, it takes a toll and it's hard to break those old habits. And that's why adding in positive affirmations, you know, I think is worth a try because we've been so negative our whole lives. Why don't we try positivity to ourselves and see and, how that goes? And you said this was hard for guys. I think it's far harder for women, they can they can compliment each other, but then they look in the mirror and for some reason they can't articulate those same kind of uh, feelings and, and expression to their own selves. One hundred percent. I think women, you know, from a physical perspective, uh, are judged more harshly in our society and they can be a lot harder on themselves. And you uh, have two beautiful daughters. So, you, you know, this personally, yeah. right? 
Yes, 100%. And I even have them do positive affirmations in the mirror. So yeah. starting from a young age so that they understand the power of words. And so that as they grow older and you know, kids might be mean to them or someone might say something mean to them, I can always bring it back and say, hey, you know, don't believe what other, what other people are saying to you like, and start that, that habit from a very young age. And so that's why it's really important to me uh, to start that as, as young as possible. And secretly they say, you know, my daddy can kick your daddy's butt. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, when they, when they become teenage girls and boys try and start dating them, I, I do have these t-shirts that I, I might have them wear with a picture of me and saying, with my shirt off saying, this is my dad. Yes. This is my dad. <laughs> don't, don't blank with me. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that harsh. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out. No, you are a very kind uh, and gentle man. Uh, have you always been that way or have life circumstances like the divorce and other things kind of softened you a bit? It's a great question. I've I've been that way to other people my whole life. I've never been that way to myself until recently. Wow. Um, you know, it, it was easy for me to be nice on the outside because I cared so much about what other people thought of me and I wanted people to like me um, because I didn't like who I was. And so uh, it was post, you know, divorce life where I finally developed a better relationship with myself. And I believe everything that all of our relationships are a mirror of how we see ourselves and how we view ourselves. And uh, yeah, I could be nice to other people, but um, I was also harsh as well and judgmental towards people. Um, once I developed a better relationship with myself, I was pouring from a, more of a full cup and I could truly love people. And um, uh, it took me learning to love myself first though. Wow. I think that's what's uh, hard for people is to get to that point of like, how do you develop that self-love? It took me years to figure it out, um, but it had to start with a lot of self-hate first. Opposition in all things, you know? Yeah. So. I'm Drew, can, that I, can we dig oh, into that a little bit? Because this is really fascinating because a lot of people would look at you on the outside and say, that dude's got it all figured out. He's very muscular, good looking guy, happily married at the time, two beautiful little girls. What happened that you felt so loathsome of your life uh, with what seemingly on the outside, everybody would say, you've got it all figured out? Yeah, thanks for letting me talk about this. Um, as you know, I talk openly about this. Yes, you do. Um, and <laughs> That's why I, I love do you, embrace, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I do embrace vulnerability as a strength. So my perception of the way I was raised with you know, the religion I grew up in, the culture of my family, the culture of sports was I, had, I felt like I had to be perfect. And if I wasn't, then I was a failure. And I know it sounds kind of harsh, but that's the way I viewed my world. Um, and I felt like if I messed up, if I sinned or, or did something bad, there was a punishment and I couldn't deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with with, uh, with having weaknesses because we didn't have that outlet growing up in the environment I grew up in. I couldn't go and tell you know, my parents or my, my friends that, oh, I'm struggling with this or that. I just was told or just kind of my perception was, hey, just keep it in and just man up and you don't talk about it. You just – overcome it. And I was like, all right, well, then that's the way I'm going to do it. I just discipline myself uh, and hate myself, beat myself up as much as possible so that I don't sin anymore. Well, that didn't work because <laughs> we're human. Yeah. And so my perception was then to just hide my weaknesses. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to deal with this on the inside. And so I kept that pattern over and over again from a young boy to a teenage boy 
to in my 20s and you know on the outside I could appear very confident and like everything was perfect but then you know carried over into my marriage where I was like oh once once I'm married this will all just go away and I'll it'll all be fixed and I never dealt with it I just kept pushing it down deeper and deeper and deeper until one day you know or not one day but just over time it eventually broke me the guilt and the shame of who I was and and hating who I was on the inside but not having someone to talk to about it eventually broke me as a man and um, I hit rock bottom in my marriage and um, I'm grateful for it now Um, even though it sucked at the time and it was the hardest thing I've ever done I had to be broken down in order to be built up to who I am today and um, you know with my ex-wife and I you know luckily when we divorced, we were in a good place emotionally and, and, and spiritually to where we're still friends today. Good. And um, <clears throat> we were both able to heal ourselves individually. And that's where all this this work of, you know, working with a life coach, reading, you know, books by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly, uh, The Four Agreements that have totally changed my perception of who I was growing up and who I am today. And it's led me down this path of embracing vulnerability, owning my story and not defining myself by my past. Why is that so hard to embrace vulnerability. I mean, I'm very open online and there's several of us that are like this. We're open books. You want to know what's going on in our life? We're telling you. Uh, Why is that so hard for some people? Are they just afraid of what others will think of them? Yeah. And I had a lot, a lot of it has to do with the culture and the society we, we grew up in because we were taught that's not okay to be vulnerable. Like, Hey, that's weird. Like you just don't talk about that. You don't open your mouth. You just kind of deal with it. And it's has to, and I don't blame, you know, my parents or or anyone because that's what their generation knew from their parents and so on and so on. And it's taking, you know, uh, you know, sometimes this awakening of, of this, you know, spiritual side of things and this personal development world of how do we, how do we, normalize it. And it's people like you and I and other people not uh, embracing vulnerability to give other people courage because vulnerability breeds vulnerability. And that's what Brene Brown says. And so I remember, uh, who was it? It was Terry Crews, you know, the the big dude, muscly guy from the Old Spice commercials. (laughs) I remember when I was going through this, seeing a Facebook live of him, this big, you know, muscular dude talking about uh, pornography addiction. And I was like, how is this guy talking publicly about this? Like this, that would be so hard for me to be able to do that. And, um, I, I, but it gave me courage and hope that, Hey, maybe one day I'll have the courage that he has. Right. And after years of putting in the work, um, you know, you, you know, my story, um, my podcast episode 100, if anyone wants to go listen to that, that's my personal story of going through porn addiction and affairs and lies and, and how I overcame that. Um, you know, it's people like him and and you and I and other people that are willing to share their stories and be vulnerable to give other people courage and normalize it and say, hey, this is okay to talk about. And so you got to create a safe space for people. And it's scary at first. It's really scary to make that leap, to make that jump, to put the all your mess out there. Um, but at the end of the day, life's too short to live an inauthentic life. So uh, it's I'm too, it's too much work, too, man. Okay, can you imagine yeah. the people that have to like remember what their lies are? It's like I don't have to remember anything because yeah. I'm just telling you what's going on in my world. So I, it's a lot less stressful. There, there's a freedom that comes from it too, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where your body is just like, hallelujah, stopping with the lies. You don't have to push <laughs> all that down anymore. It, it actually manifests itself physically in your body. It does. And this is where it's it's tied. The physical, mental, emotional, spiritual pillars, there's a parallel between all of those. And that's what I'm trying to make the connection with Complete Keto is bringing all those things together versus, you know, we all know some people that just focus on the physical, right? Mentally, emotionally, they're a mess. 
uh, but physically they, they might look good on the outside. That's cool. And then vice versa, people that are super spiritual, but don't take care of their body or their health. Um, and that's where I'm trying to help people like bridge that gap and, and see the parallel between these, uh, these different pillars to, to focus on a complete transformation. And I think that's how we can live an optimal life, whether, whether you do keto or not, or, you know, find what works best for you and make it a lifestyle change. But realize that there's a mental, emotional, spiritual component to your physical journey. And I think that's where you'll be able to uh, connect the dots and, and focus more on a, of a complete transformation. You know what I'm loving about all the keto books that have come out so far in 2019 uh, in the past few months is keto has been out there as a diet for a little while. I wrote Keto Clarity five years ago, but now we're getting a finer point on all of the other ancillary things that go with keto and yeah, the title of your book's Complete Keto because Hey House ain't stupid. They want to sell books. <laughs> and you put keto in the title right now, you're going to sell books. But this is this is a whole mind, body, spiritual healing book. And I really hope people are hearing that loud and clear in today's interview, Drew, because it's not just about the keto. And most of the people that listen to my show, they get keto. They've heard me blabber on about it since 2011. But get it, you guys for all of these other reasons, because it could be that missing piece. So many people kind of stay stuck at their own weight. They stay stuck with their inflammation levels higher, their insulin levels higher, and they just can't figure out why with me doing the so-called perfect diet for all of those things, am I still holding on to all these bad markers? And it could be because you're holding on to a lot of baggage that needs to be let go. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me talk about this, Jimmy. I really appreciate it, man. Dude, you're a rock star, man. <laughs> I remember the first time I had you on, I was like, he's been on Dr. Oz. He's fat to fit to fit, fit to fat to fit. I'm, I'm over you now, by the way. You're not as uh, glam. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, his name is Drew Manning. Definitely check out the new book. Again, it's called Complete Keto, A Guide to Transforming Your Body and Your Mind for Life. We'll have a link to it in the show notes section at llvlc.com. He also has a website, completeketo.fit2, that's the number two, fat2, the number two, fit.com. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And dude, you are rocking this, this space, and I'm really happy uh, to have befriended you and uh, see you at conferences. Uh, what's next for you after uh, Complete Keto kind of does its thing? That's a great question. Um, there's there's so much going on. I am uh, working on my Fit to Fat to Fit franchise business, which is launching soon, where I can uh, help other trainers become Fit to Fat to Fit certified and learn these uh, the strategies and philosophies from me uh, to be uh, a certified fit to fat to fit trainer. So people can go on the website, search for a certified fit to fat to fit trainer that's been trained by me in their area. Um, and that's, uh, that's coming soon. So we're literally just launching that, getting nice. the franchise, the legal work set up. Cause that's how I, I, I pay it forward. That's how I spread the, the, cause I'm only one person, right. And I can only do this for so long. I want to, you know, create other fit to fat fit trainers that represent me and my brand and, and the, the whole empathy and better understanding and more respect when in the fitness industry. So stay tuned for that. We need a Drew clone in every city, man. <laughs> Come here. We'll I'll get fat with you and then I'll lose all the weight too. There we go. There we go. Yeah. We'll you're never going that. through that again. I know. <laughs> well, Drew Manning, thanks so much for joining us here today on the live and la vida low carb show. 
la vida loca. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo!